Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to see all of you all and to meet all of you that are new. That's so exciting. And to meet the people that I've only seen on email. Um, and so I'm excited for you to be here. Listen, if you weren't at the women's retreat, that doesn't matter. You can still stay for the retreat follow-up. It won't be anything that will be confusing. So we would really love for you to stay for the lunch and stay for the retreat follow-up, even if you weren't at the retreat. Um, so please don't let that deter you. I'm going to move this because if it's not on the other side, it's going to be very awkward. Um, sorry, as I rearrange the stage for myself. And then Esther, I'll put it back, I promise. I always mess with their stuff. Anyway, good morning, everybody. We're going to talk about Romans. Now listen, I'm going to nerd out a little bit on Romans, so just get nerdy with me for a minute. Romans is a love letter, right? It's Paul writing a love letter saying, do you know the Jesus I know? That's exciting stuff. So this morning as we're talking about this, I want you to think about it as God talking to you about how much he loves you, right? As God talking to you about all the things that he wants to do for you. And what is your part in it? So we're going to talk about that, right? Um, so Paul has told us the truth. We're in Romans 8. Paul has told us the truth over and over and over. And I wonder why. Because we need to be told over and over and over, right? Uh, we need to, to continue to hear the truth. But he has stated the truth. He has said, you are saved by your faith in Jesus, God brought his son and he has made you righteous. The truth, bam, done, right? Paul's like, mic drop, we're done. And now what do we do with that? So what happens a lot of times when we're looking at the Bible is we see these truths and we understand that, but then we say, what do I do with that? How do I absorb that? And so we're gonna talk about what we do with it and how we join our spirit with God. Now, last week, Jasmine started this conversation with you guys in the beginning of Romans 8. So now I wanna go through the end of Romans 8 with you and really look at some of this powerful wording that Paul gives us. And I love the fact that he, he's so gracious because really what he should be saying is, I already freaking told you this. Why do I have to say it again, right? But he continues to very graciously deliver this message to us. And what we're going to talk about today is how our spirit joins with God and how we receive the Holy Spirit and how we receive glory from God, but not in the way we think we do, right? What Paul's trying to explain is, is that all along we had thought it was this law and this set of rules and this is how we, this is how we join with God. And really what that did was exacerbate people's sin. It really brought it more to the forefront, right? It really, it really illuminated their sin for them. And so now we're going to talk about what we do with the new lens that we're supposed to be looking through, which is that it's not supposed to exacerbate your sin. It's supposed to help you out of it. That's where we're trying to go, to get out of it. It's through this relationship with Jesus and letting the spirit of Christ reside in us. How do we get that deep in the recesses of our heart? How do we let it absorb and fill in until we reach the eternity that's promised? I talk to a lot of people who think, I'm waiting for the eternity. I'm waiting no, you're not. Stop waiting. It's now, right? You get to have this relationship with God now. We don't have to wait. So how do we access that and maintain it? We saw in chapter seven where he talked about us coming out of our sin. If you're, if you're new, we have four sermons ahead of me on the podcast. I would encourage you at some point, if you have time to go back and listen to those, because we've been going through the whole book of Romans. And so if you're new today, I don't want you to think, well, what is she talking about in chapter seven, right? Well, we'll go back to that and see, and see if you can kind of make the whole picture for yourself. But what we're going to talk about today 
is we have to understand three things. We have to understand the God we serve. You have to know who he is. You have to know the God. You have to know yourself, and then you have to run the race. Those are the things we have to do. So let's look at at Romans um, 8, verse 15 through 17. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. We sometimes believe that if I see God's glory, it means everything's good. And if I'm in suffering and hardship, God must have disappeared. This is what Paul's explaining to us. They reside together. They reside together. The the message translation says, we are not living a grave-tending life. Can you put the scripture up one more time for me, Shay? We are not living a grave-tending life. Stop tending the grave. Stop tending the areas of your life that are scorched and dead. Bring the spirit in there and revive those areas of your life. Let's get some green grass growing up in there. Let's get the the glory of God back in those places, right? At the end of 8, 15 through 17, it says, Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to to affirm that we are God's children. His spirit joins with ours. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, with Christ, we are heirs. We are heirs of God's glory, but if we are to share it, we must also share his suffering. All right, how do I find the glory? That's an easy thing for me to say, right? Share it, find God's glory and share in it. What does that mean? What does it mean that I'm gonna be an heir of God? What does it mean that I get to be in connection with him in the joy and in the suffering? What does it mean to be in his glory? How do we find it? Well, let me tell you the most simple way. You probably need to look for it. Right? You need to look for it. God's glory is everywhere. It's in the love that you show. It's in the love that's given back to you. It's in your encounters with God's people. It's in your prayer. You have to prepare for the glory. You have to walk in love so you can receive the glory. So we have to know who the God is that we serve. Who is the God we serve? The God we serve gives you that promise that we just talked about. You get to be in partnership and an heir in his kingdom. You have been adopted. You have a place. Nobody else can take that place. It is yours. You get to sit there. You are a child of God. What if you got up every morning and put your feet on the floor and said, I'm a child of God. Let's go. What more do you need? Right? But we have to prepare to walk in it. We have to prepare for what that looks like to walk in his glory. How do we receive it? How do I receive some glory from God? Well, I gotta do a few things. I gotta confess some sin. We can't walk around our whole lives wanting to receive God's glory and never doing the other part, which is going to God for some reconciliation. We have to be in partnership with him. We have to bring our suffering and our hardship to him and lay it at his feet. Then he can give us some glory. It's an exchange. Here's my sin. Here's my glory. Here's my peace. Here's my spirit residing in you. We have to forgive others. Can't walk through this life in resentment and anger and and trauma our whole life at what the world and other people have done to us. We've got to take that to God's feet, lay it down, and receive his glory back, receive his majesty, receive his kindness, receive his love back. Every place that you have that dark tar has to be scooped out and then we, we receive in return. But when that dark tar is there, 
There's nowhere for the glory and blessing to go. It just slides off because there's nowhere for you to absorb it, right? So we have to confess that sin. We have to forgive others. We have to trust God. Do you trust the scripture? Put it up one more time, Shay. Do you trust the scripture? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you call him Abba Father and that his spirit is joined with you and that you are his child? Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, go sit with God until until it absorbs. Go back over and over and over until you say, I understand this relationship you want to have with me. I understand who you want to be to me, this father to me. Look, a lot of us don't have um, earthly fatherly role models. I get that. I understand that. A lot of us don't see that relationship well. God wants to fill that in for you. He'll give you everything you were ever missing. But we gotta go and actually be able to receive, right? We gotta give thanks, right? We do this at powerful worship. We have to give thanks. Worship is such an important part of you being able to receive God's glory. I praise you. I worship you and all that glory flows back. You have to be expectant for that, Right When I'm singing in worship, am I just singing or am I expecting a return? Am I expecting the spirit to flow in? You gotta tune into that. It's a privilege to worship our God. It's a privilege for him to then meet you in those places of worship, right? We have this opportunity through that scripture at the end of, of Romans in fifteen seventeen to become like Christ. You will not be perfect, but we have an opportunity to become more like him and to receive that inheritance, So we have to know God. We have to know who he is. We have to spend time there. We have to receive his glory. We have to sit in it. We have to know what that means. But this is going to require some hardship. What happens in our human condition is we say, oh man, this is hard. Never mind. This is hard. It's not supposed to be hard. Yes, it is. Stop stepping out because it's hard. Of course it's hard. To sit in a place where you have to confess sin and forgive and really pray blessing over other people and really get out of your own ego and really get in some surrender, right? I want to be more like God no matter what I have to give up to do it. It is hard. It says right there at the end of that scripture that there will be some suffering. Don't step out because of that. You know what? That means the glory's coming. That's your indicator, I've told you guys this before. Every time I get ready to preach or do something in this church, the devil comes for me. Somebody gets sick, right? Something happens. I mean, I could tell you a million stories about how the devil comes for me every time I get ready to preach because he's gonna make it hard to get to God. He's gonna make it hard, right? He wants it to be hard. But listen, you already have victory in that. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. We're gonna talk about the victory we already have so you can push through the hard because you're gonna win. The promise is already there. You're gonna win. So we gotta know God. Now we need to know ourselves. Let's go to verse 22 to 25. This is, what it, this is what Paul tells us. For we know that all creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we have to wait patiently and confidently. We have to be in a, in a time of expectant waiting. We always want to skip the middle. We want to blow through the middle. I want to go encounter God, and I want the end result, and I want perfection, and that's it. 
right? And what Paul's telling us is there's this whole middle part that actually is where the growth occurs. That's where God enlarges us with expectancy. That's when he brings the joy in. That's when we get to see him step it out with us, right? Every way through, through the joyful time, through the hard time, that's where we get to see him step it out. But we got to think about a couple of things. Who do we want to be? Let's talk about that for a second. We got to know ourselves. Every day when you get up, you put your feet on the floor, there's two people sitting on the edge of your bed. There's a person you want to be and the person you don't want to be. Everybody has those two people residing inside them. Paul tells us that. He tells us that over and over. The sinful worldly part of you is there. It's not going anywhere. And the Christ-like, gracious, fully loved, fully chosen part of you is there. So every morning we get up, we put our feet on the floor, and we have to say, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Do I want to be who God made me to be? Fearfully and wonderfully made, an heir to his kingdom, full of his glory and full of the Holy Spirit? Then you need to nurture that part. You need to feed that part. That's where you pray. That's where you bring every input from God. You can bring all the glory, all the spirit. You sit until you receive it over and over and over. You nurture that thing like it's the greatest thing you've ever seen because it is the greatest thing God's ever seen. That part of you is so delightful to him. That part of you that wants to be Christ-like, you nurture it, you feed it. You feed it through worship. You feed it through prayer. You feed it with all the Jesus you can get. Think about the inputs throughout your day. What are they feeding? And then you have this other person, which is the person you don't want to be. That is residing there and always will. And you fight like hell against that person. You fight like hell. And guess what? The tools are right there. You have the tool to fight through prayer and worship and your own individual spot at the feet of God. And you fight like hell to keep that person at bay because it's part of the human condition, but it doesn't have to be who you operate from. We often think that, part, that pull is too, is too hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to that side. I'm gonna be that person today. You gotta fight. So you have to think in the morning, who am I? I am a chosen child of God. I am an heir to the throne and things are gonna be hard and God's gonna show up because I'm walking in the spirit and I'm gonna fight this person I don't wanna be with everything I have. If you had someone physically attacking you, physically trying to harm you, you would fight like hell in the physical. You must fight like hell in the supernatural. You must. You have all the tools from God to do it. And it's a fight. But guess what? You already won. You already won. God's already given you everything you need to win. So you don't fight from a place of defeat. You fight from a place of victory. I already have it. You would be amazed at how many times I sit in my house and talk to the devil. Dude, you think you're coming for me? Do you know who I serve? Do you know who loves me? Do you know who comes in and fills me up every day? Do you know the tools and power my Holy Spirit has? Man, if you're not talking back to the devil, you are, you are living out of deficit. You have every tool. You have the 50 cal machine gun. Use it. Right? For those of you who don't know, I have military background. I like weapons. <laughs> Get your Uzi out. And blow him away. You have the power to do it. Don't sit in this place of defeat. Well, I'm weak. 
I can't do anything about this. Baloney, go to Romans 8, open your Bible, and talk scripture to the devil. He must cower to it. He must cower to your scripture. It is your machine gun. Use it. I know most of you in this room, and I know you got some weapons with this. I've heard it. This is a weapon. Often we use it for the wrong things, right? To go back to our reading in James. But if you'll use it for the right thing and back that devil up, he must cower in the presence of scripture. He must leave in the presence of worship. You gotta take yourself to some places that are unfettered, that the devil can't reside with you. Go to that worship, go to that prayer, go to that place in scripture because the devil can't sit there with you. Get yourself some some force field there, right? You've already won. Listen, the the person you want to be is always there, and God's given you everything you need. You got to figure out who you want to be. You need to make a choice. We can tell you all day long, here's what the Bible says. You have to make a choice for which parts you're going to absorb, which parts you're going to fight for, which parts you're going to get into. We'll help you with that, right? That's what we're all here for. Like, let's go. We'll walk this stuff out all day long. I have to do it every day, right? Really, when I put my feet on the floor, I'm a really old woman who hurts. That's who I am in the morning, right? Everything hurts when I get up. It's like, let me see what won't move right. When you're my age, that's what happens. And every day I have to talk to God and go, I got stuff to do for the kingdom today. I got to get some balm in the places I need it. I got to get some stretching in the places I need it. I got to get on the right path here, right? So I don't waste one single second of nurturing the person I want to be and not one single second of fighting the person I don't want to be. Let's go to the end of, of Romans 8 there. Let's go to 31 through 39. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Listen, this is, your, this is it right here. If God's for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? Do you believe that that kind of power resides over you, that it resides in your house, that it resides in your spirit? It says, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen? You are chosen. If you leave here with nothing else today, it is that you are a chosen child of God. No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who will then condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. He is taking care of you every day, sitting in that place. But you have to believe that. You have to have faith in that. You have to understand that and go to that place through the spirit and say, Jesus, you're sitting at the right hand. Here's what I need. Come to him. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? No. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Right, the scriptures say, for, we, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Do you believe that? You better get yourself a victory song. What's your fight song? What's your fight song? All of y'all can sing me your college fight song, right? We know that because that's how we, that's how we get into these places. 
That's how we go to these victorious places, right? We get on a football field. Well, I live in Texas, and so football's a religion there, right? And so, they, man, they know that. Well, I was sitting at a homecoming game, and everybody knows the fight song. I was like, like 80-year-old man, 15-year-old girl. Like, it's a religion, right? Why don't we have a fight song? Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You better get a fight song. No power in the sky above or in earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that is revealed in Christ. The only thing that is gonna keep you from it is you. You don't make a choice to sit in it, to absorb it, to do the work. You have to run the race. You've already won, so get out on the track and get moving. The victory's already there. He just told you that. There's your fight song, right? I was listening to this um, song by Maverick City this week, and it, and it, was, it was talking about, um, I'll never be more loved than I am right now. How many of us sit some point during our day and think, I don't have enough love. I don't feel loved. Love is such a crucial part of us being able to operate the way God intended for us to. And the first place you get it is from him. And it's a love that's unlimited and pure. And you can't get it anywhere else. Stop looking everywhere else to fill that hole and go to God, to the place he already knows you. He already named you. He's already given you a spot he is going to put his spirit in you to help you nurture the person you want to be. And then he gave you the fight song. He gave you the victory. It's done. What more do you want? We got to think about that sometimes. When we go to God, we're like, I need more. What? What more do we need? We're not taking advantage of what he already gave us. Right? It's all there. We have to go and look at it. The glory we see from him has to be absorbed. And then we have to be able to push that out to those around us. It's not just for you, right? Paul talks about that over and over. And, and uh, Jasmine's gonna talk about that next week as we go into Romans 12 and we're gonna talk about this living sacrifice. What does that mean? All these things Paul's talked about, the spirit living in us is not just for us. What do we do with that? Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting. You gotta know who he is. You need to know who you are and what you need to do to keep the person you don't want to be at bay. And then you got to sing your fight song. You got to get in there and run the race every day, knowing, right? Knowing that you're singing that fight song because you know there's victory at the other end. I already got the blue ribbon. I've already run through the ticker tape at the end. It's all mine. But I got to stay in the fight. Quit getting off the track, right? The victory's down there. We have it. The blessing's there. The spirit wants to give it to you every day and we get off the track. We go over here and then you call me and say, man, I can't feel God. I know, get back on the track. Stop moving over there. Of course you can't feel God when you're not worshiping. You're not praying. You're not spending time with anyone that's praying over you. You're not surrendering these areas of your life where you're living in sin and you need to confess things and you need to get right with God. Listen, I'm not acting like any of that's easy. We don't just go flip a switch and all that happens. There's actual work involved in that. That's why we have community. That's why we have people to love on us and we get in there and do that together. It's a process. If you wanna live under the power and glory of God, have some faith in it. Go see what it's about. Go spend time with him. Let him teach you. God's your greatest and foremost teacher. Go to him first. 
Let him reveal to you. Then come to us in community and then we pray over that. We seal it up. We walk it out with you. And when you fall and stumble, we pick you back up. And when you're, when you're victorious, we celebrate with you. That's what this whole thing is about. That's what Paul's talking about. Let's live out the struggle and the victory together. It's all entwined. Don't separate it. Don't leave the struggle outside the church. Bring it in here. Bring it to the person in front of you. Let's go after it. I'll sing your fight song for you every day. Call me this week. Here's my fight song. Great. I'll get up every morning and sing that fight song for you. I'm not embarrassed. I don't care. Let's go. Right? Because what's the devil going to do? Oh, crap. All these people are now fighting against me. That sucks. You got to push back the gates of hell every morning. Because if you don't have a strategy to push him back, the devil has a strategy to come. He's in your house. He's in your interactions. He's in your work. He's in your sin. He's in all of those places. But you already won. So he is impotent there if you will bring your 50 cal and put it in his face and back him up. Right? Sometimes you don't even have to fire the weapon. Right? Sometimes you just show. We call it a show of force. Sometimes you just show the weapon. Look what I got. The devil will run. He doesn't want you to point that weapon at him. Right? All you got to do is know where the weapon resides. And it resides in that book. And it resides in prayer. And it resides in worship. And it resides in community. Come and get some of that. Yes? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time in Romans. Thank you for this love letter to us where you tell us, this is what I have for you. Just take it. Just be brave enough to take it. Be brave enough to give up some places that you think are comfortable but are really harming you. Be brave enough to live in a more obedient way. There's so much freedom in that. We think we're going to lose control, God. But what you're telling us is in that obedience comes freedom. And once we taste it, we'll understand. We got we to gotta get on the track and run the race so we can start to see those blessings, so we can start to absorb them. Lord, I ask for the Holy Spirit to fall on each and every person in here today in a new way, in a fresher way. The Holy Spirit would come in every nook and cranny, every interaction, every word out of their mouth in worship, every word out of their mouth in prayer that the Holy Spirit would, would inform those places, that we would start to listen. I ask that we look for your glory, that we seek it. We seek those places where it resides. Quit looking in all these places where you aren't at, God. Point our eyes to the places where you reside. Lord, we're so grateful for what you've done for the people in this church. We're grateful for what you're gonna do. We praise you for the victory that's already ours. We walk the victory lap now. I just ask for you to stay in, our, in, in presence with us. I ask that everybody would feel your presence in a new way this week. Lord, we pray all this in your son's holy name, amen.